morning, everybody, and it's so exciting to be able to bring the Word again to you today, especially the topic that Pastor Daniel gave me, which is faith in the fire. And uh, I cannot tell you how much I love the subject of faith and and just this whole uh, topic about faith and what it means for us as believers. So I'm just going to unpack that a little bit today about what I really feel like that God has laid on my heart and about just really things that we can do, not just when we're going through the fire, which means that, you know, when we're really going through times that are tough, but just everyday living and what should be expected, what we should be doing to be able to live a life of faith in general. So the first thing that I really want to share with you is that, and this is going to be something that is not really going to be a favorite for everybody, but faith requires patience. And I want you just to say that with me. Faith requires patience. And that is not something that we have a lot of sometimes. But uh, I think we're going to see today the importance of really what this word really means. So patience is not just that you're just sitting on the sidelines. To be honest with you, patience is more about the fact that we need to give it something to do. And today we're going to learn what can we give patience to do. We need to give it a job. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. Now, I want to read first. Uh, I'd like you to, if you've got a Bible, remember you can use version as well uh, for your Bible. But I'm reading today out of my study Amplified Bible, which is one of my favorite. And uh, we're going to read in the book of James, which is right towards the end of the Old Testament. And uh, verses 3, uh, chapter 1, sorry, verses 3, 4. And uh, later on, I'll possibly be looking at verse 8. So you might want to put a marker there in your Bible. Verse 3 says, Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience, can you say that with me? Through experience produces endurance, which means produces patience, leading to spiritual maturity. Can you say amen to that? And inner peace. And let endurance or let patience have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. Now, what that tells me is that faith requires that we must be a people who have perseverance and endurance. I remember that one of the things that I loved in Bible school is at one point in time we had, they had some kind of a competition. Obviously this was years ago. And I remember that one of the competitions that they had was people who, uh, you know, exuberated certain skills and certain uh, ways about them that they had. And I know that I won for being the person who was the biggest perseverer, the one with the biggest perseverance. Now, I believe that probably that came from my lifestyle of missionary and missionary mindset, which Pastor Daniel and I talk about a lot. But you know, I believe that that missionary mindset and that um, learning way back then when I was growing up about persevering through the good and the bad and knowing that God will always have the end result made an 
impact so great on my life that even today in everything I do, I am a perseverer. And I think you could probably ask a lot of people around uh, me who know me quite well that that's definitely something I believe in. Do I always get it right? No, I don't. And I do make mistakes, but I want you to know you can be a person of perseverance. You can be a person who perseveres. Now, when you look into Hebrews 6 and it's talking about men of faith, I wonder when it says, you know, who is it you actually think of when you think of men of faith? Well, lots of people love to bring up uh, Job. And I know that Job was definitely a great man of faith, and he's definitely one that you should read and study about. I remember in a women's conference, I did an entire uh, preach, uh, the whole conference on the book of Job that God gave me. It's a powerful book and a lot of lessons to be learned in the book of Job. But I will tell you this, that there is another one who I believe is a great, great example of a person of faith, and that is is Joseph. You know, uh, when we think of people in the Bible who had faith, uh, when you look at Joseph's life, he was a person that, you know, his life did not really look like the promise that God had made him. I wonder how many of you can say to me today, you know what? (laughs) I feel exactly the same. God's given me promises. God's given me words. I've written them down. But my, my, my life does not look anything like the promises that I've been given. Well, I have promises and words that's been given to me. And I want you to know that I'm still standing on God's word, believing them, calling them out. I listen to them. In fact, the other night, Paul and I were listening to some words given to us last year in the summer by Rachel Hickson. We were listening to the words that she spoke over us and declaring that those words were still going to come to pass. So you have to know that just because your life does not look like it right now does not mean that it's not going to happen. And that's why we're talking today about faith in the fire and that faith requires patience. I want to take you to another book in the Bible. Now, when you think about looking at the life of Joseph, most people don't think about looking. They think about looking more probably into the book of Genesis and reading more about uh, Joseph and on through the scriptures. But I want to read in chapter 105 of Psalms. Again, I'm in the same Bible. And then if you're uh, new or a new Christian, you don't know much about the word. Again, you can look it up on your phone, but it's in about the middle of your Bible. Verse 17, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet they hurt with shackles. He was put in chains of iron. Until that time, say that with me, until that time that his word of prophecy regarding his brothers came true, the word of the Lord tested and refined him. Now, I don't know about you, but I could preach an entire message right there on that scripture where it says, until that time that his word of prophecy regarding his brothers came true, the word of the Lord tested and tried him. He went through a lot of stuff. 
and a lot of years before he finally saw the promise of God and the word that God gave him. And there is a lesson to be learned from Joseph when we are thinking about the words that God's given to us and the promises that he's given to us. You see, Joseph's life did not look like what God had promised. And we sometimes can say the same about us. I could say, you know what? My life really doesn't look right now like what God really promised me that he wants to give me and his word that he's been spoken over me. But I still stand on his word and believe that it's going to come to pass. Sometimes we begin to let uh, things creep in like our age and uh, maybe a physical problem that we have or things that are going on around us. That is not where our focus should be. Our focus has to remain above, upon the Almighty God and upon His Word to know that He stands true with His Word. Now let's talk today about what does faith really require of us. And if you've got a notebook and pen, or if you're taking it down on your phone, uh, or if the chat team are helping out with this, I'll be uh, also putting them up on the screen. Number one, faith requires that you make a decision. You know, <laughs> I said that uh, to keep your Bible open to book of James, and James 1 verses 8, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like this scripture because this is the part where it says, being a double-minded man who is unstable and restless in all his ways, in everything that he thinks, feels, or decides. You see, if you're going to be a person of faith, you're going to have to be that person that makes up your mind. You're either there or you're not there. You either believe it or you don't believe it. You get up in the morning, you believe it. You eat your food, you eat it, you believe it. You lay your head down at night, you believe it. You stand on God's word and you don't become a person who is wishy-washy constantly up and down. One day you're good, the next day you're bad. One day you believe it, the next day you're not so sure. In order for us to be able to have the faith that God wants us to have, to be able to endure with that patience and to be able to see what he has for us, we must make up our minds. We've got to make the decision that we are going to stand firm. Number two, we must hear his word. The scripture, I won't look it up to read it, but in Romans 10, 17, it says, and faith, if you know it, say it with me, comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of the Lord. You must be able to know that you've got to hear God's word and then you have to apply it into your life. And how are you going to build the faith? By hearing his word. Number three, you need to know that that word of God is your source. You need to know that when you read his word, that that is your source of faith. That is your food that you feed upon, not the things around you, not the way you feel, not what you're looking at, but you've got to look to God's word and you've got to pull that word out to be your very source of faith. 
The next one is you need to learn to meditate on his word. You know, Joshua 1.8 says that we should meditate on his word day and night. Now meditate, you know, that's not about this, uh, you know, that you're just sitting there humming. Meditate means that you read the word and then you repeat it day in, day out, and you're repeating it over and over. If you go back and study back in history, you will see that meditation is about repeating. So you need to get that word on your lips and where you're saying it morning, day, and night. And you're meditating and repeating God's word. That you are like a tree that is planted by the water. And you stand on that and you say it and you meditate and you think about it. And you've got it in your head all day long. The next thing is in Matthew 12 verse 38 that you must learn to confess it with your mouth. You know, you can say that you believe something, but you've got to speak it out. I know that a lot of people say, oh yeah, here she comes, Wynel, the loud one, the exuberant one, the one that loves to talk and shout. And you know, if you've seen me in church, you know I love to dance and sing and sing out loud and praise God out loud. Yes, I am an exuberant one. And you have, you may be a quiet one, which is fine. You don't have to be quiet, uh, exuberant like me just to be able to have faith. But I will tell you this, you do need to learn to open your mouth and you need to learn to speak out God's word. You need to be able to say it because you see when you say it, then your ears begin to hear it. And when your ears begin to hear it, then it sinks down into your heart and then your heart begins to believe it. And the more your heart believes it, the more you want to speak it out. But you must confess it. You know, when you put it out there and you say it, it's like, oh, oh, it's like when you hear that word, all of a sudden it feels like, wow, now I've heard myself say it. Now I know I've got to do something about it. We must learn to confess God's word with our mouth and say it out loud. And another thing is that you cannot be speaking unbelief one day and speaking faith the next day. You've got to have it not only in your heart, but you've got to have it on your lips. You must be able to speak it out loud. The next thing is you need to learn to act on his word. Well, I can give you a fantastic testimony about this. Growing up, as I said, and those of you that know me growing up as a missionary, there's loads of time of all kinds of different stories that I can think about, about learning how to act on God's word, even when circumstances, did you hear what I said? Even when those circumstances don't look great. Well, I can tell you that one of my favorite stories that I remember, and I know those of you that might have read my uh, mom and dad's book, uh, those of you that may even have heard my dad speak and you've heard him share this testimony. My details won't be always as detailed as his, but I'll just give you a little quick summary. I remember that when, you know, my dad is a church planter and we were in the country of Costa Rica in Central America and we were getting ready to build a, a church and to have a crusade. And one of the things is that we always do is we would find a piece of property and we would put either a tent up, sometimes we would go open air, and then we would begin to preach every night. And we would start to see people saved and in the end we would build a church. And I helped my dad build 50 plus churches across Central and South America and into Mexico doing this over and over. 
And I remember this particular time when we were in San Jose, Costa Rica. We were actually in a little town right outside of San Jose called Cartago. And we had already done everything that we needed to do. We had put the leaflets out. For those times that we could be on the radio, we had told the city that we were about to start a crusade. We had the property ready. We had the seats of the benches. I remember wooden benches was out that time. We had the platform built. We had everything ready to go. And we had announced the date and the time. And my family, we showed up and there we were, we were waiting and we were waiting and getting ready, waiting for the time to start. And no one showed up. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, this is so bad. We've done so much expecting people to come and there's no one here. And I remember going up to my dad just about the time for service to start. And it was my job to get up and greet everybody. And because I did praise and worship and I was about to um, go up to my dad and say, hey, you know, I don't understand what we're going to do tonight. I guess we won't be having church, will we, dad? And he looked at me and he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, there's no one here. So uh, there's no real reason to get up there and get started. And I remember that he said, listen, let me tell you something right now. We were told, God told me that this was where we were going to build the church. God told me that this is where we were to have the crusade. And this was the date and time. And we are going to start. And you're going to get on that platform and you're going to sing like this tent is full. And you're going to act like that you see the tent full. And you're going to know and watch what God will do. Because we're not going to sit here and let the enemy defeat us. Because this is what God told us to do. So I want you to know that even though I didn't want to, we acted on the word. And I got up there and we sang and we led praise and worship. No one showed up. Dad got up to preach. And those of you that know the story know that eventually what happened was three cows wandered into the tent. Honest story. And then I remember my dad saying that he was going to pray that they gave more milk than ever when they went back home. But I'll tell you this, we acted on that word and we kept on doing it until all of a sudden people started coming. The end result and testimony of that is today there stands a church that is running nearly 10,000 people because we stuck to it and because we acted on his word. Let me tell you, whatever God calls you to do, whatever he lays on your heart, whatever promise he has given you, you must learn to act and not be unstable in your ways. You must learn to have patience and endure no matter what you're going through, no matter whether people are there or not. You've got to learn to stand on his word. And what else do you have to do? The next thing is you've got to learn to be patient. You've got to apply the force of patience. Faith is not an event. Faith is a lifestyle for us. Faith is not just something we decide to do one day or one minute the next. It's something that we decide to do because it's the way and who we are once we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts. So we must learn to have patience and stick to it. And we have to go back and we have to do it again and again and again. You see, you cannot grow weary. You cannot be looking back and thinking, oh, but it hasn't happened or how much time has gone by. You have to learn to keep on being patient. Keep on speaking out God's word. Keep on 
acting on God's word. Because you see, then you will know whether or not that you have the energy. Do you really have the energy to endure and not quit? You see, the whole book of chapter uh, 10 of Hebrews talks about patience and endurance and being able to remain through the suffering and through all that we have to go through. You know what? I remember that one of the things that I love to think about, about, you know, patience um, and about really, you know, enduring. I think about when you go to a ball game, and this, uh, I know we've used this analogy so many times, but I think about how many times people can go to a football game and they're so excited. And you know, you see the young men and the young women and the older guys and you see older women. I mean, I love football. My preference is definitely American football. I'm sorry, uh, English uh, people here today, but I do love American football. But I have seen to where that people will stand for two and three hours cheering their team on and shouting at their team and they can't even sit down because they're so excited about watching their team play. And then you watch them come into church. And then you see when the song strikes up and the worship begins. And they can't even stand for more than two or three minutes. And they've already lost the energy to stand there. And they've already sat down. Or they can't even have enough uh, endurance of patience to be able to push through and sing. Yet you can do it for other things like bowl games. Well, I'm telling you now that you have to learn to have patience through the things of God as well. Because it depends on what you're waiting for. Give your patients a job of the faith and being able to act out and speak it with your mouth. And finally, expectation. You know what keeps me from quitting? It's the expectation of what I'm believing God for that keeps me from quitting. I know that it is something that when I apply patience to my life and I realize that the endurance of what I'm waiting for, you know what it means? It means being stubborn and saying to yourself, I'm not moving. I know that God is going to make this happen. And this is what I love about faith, that you've got to be the one that still, regardless of the circumstances around you, regardless of what's going on around you, that you still stand up and you stand on his word and believe that. You see, you've got to give things long enough to change because I, I believe that what the enemy wants is he pushes and he makes us wait because he's hoping that the more we have to wait, that we will give up sooner. And that's why that we cannot give up. We must learn that patience is today's cost for tomorrow's benefit. It is the opposite of us right now of thinking about where we are and just about how quick. You see, we've gotten used to everything being, you know, on the fly and the drive through, the drive throughs and everything being delivered and everything being quick. But you know, it also depends on what you are really waiting for, how patient you are. You know, some people who, you know, when you really want to get something, you can stand in a queue for hours and wait for it because you're desperate to buy it or you're desperate to get in. But you're not desperate enough to stand and wait for hours or for days or for months for God's promise to happen. It really depends on what you're really waiting for and what you've really made up your mind that you want to do. You've got to learn to be dependent on God. You've got to learn to speak it out with your mouth. You've got to learn to persevere. 
James 1 verse 3 says, faith being tested. You know, I just want to read that scripture for you again. Verse 1 and 3. Be assured. In other words, you need to know that it is definitely going to happen. That the testing of your faith through experience produces patience or endurance, which leads to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Think about how much you're going to grow in God. Think about how much that you're going to get out of God when you recognize that you have got the endurance to stand on God's word. You cannot grow weary. Even though you feel like it, you must learn to then get rest. But you're listening and focusing on God's word. Will you keep it up? You must learn to keep it up. And you know, I'll tell you something else that is so amazing about this. This is one of the great things that I love. You see, um, how do you know? People say, well, how do I know when patience is finished? Or how do I know when I need to give up? Well, I'll tell you when. And that is when you learn that it's no longer what you want. Because you see, I believe that when we're standing and believing for something that maybe we thought was supposed to happen, God may have something bigger. But the longer you wait and you stand on, on, on God's word, what you're going to find is that sooner or later, you're going to start to want more what God wants for you, not what you want for you. And I'll tell you what happens. You either enjoy and receive the promise that you had been waiting for or the word that you had been waiting for, or else you begin to change because God is preparing for you for something bigger. Hallelujah. You win either way when you have the patience of having the faith in the fire and believing God for it. Bring it on. May he change our lives. May we learn to have a faith in the fire and stand on his word. And may we learn to get our Bibles. If you have to get yourself a physical Bible and begin to stand on it and believe it and speak it out until you begin to believe it in your heart. So much so that you don't waver in your faith. I hope that with this little burst of teaching of faith in the fire, that it has challenged you today, that you cannot be unstable in your ways. You cannot be up today and down tomorrow and live that kind of a lifestyle. You must learn to stand strong. And even when you don't feel like it, you must speak it out with your mouth and believe it with your heart. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you a prayer where all you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, and he can change you and turn your life around. I don't care what you've done and I don't need to know and nor does anyone else. You just need to confess your sins to God and know that he will change your life. And for the second people that I want to pray today is, I hope this word has challenged you for those of you that perhaps have been waiting on something or perhaps you've sat down and crossed your arms thinking that's it. 
that God's not going to do anything for you. You need to get up and believe. And even if you have to stand up in your living room and stand up as, a, as just a, 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 a way of doing something physical to make the point that you're going to stand on God's word and believe it right now that it is going to happen and begin to speak it out with your mouth and stop living according to your feelings and start living according to God's word. Let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the word that you have given me today. Lord, I ask for each and every person here who does not know you, who does not know your son Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, that they just pray the simple prayer, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Take away all of my past and help me to turn my life around and live the life that you want me to live. Amen. And Lord, I pray for the others out there that you have, Lord, challenged them with this word today. Lord, where they might have felt like giving up or sitting down or where they felt like that that's it, that nothing's going to happen. I pray that you've stirred them up today. Stirred them up in such a way, Lord God, that it will resound in their ears over and over. That you have something for them. That you have something bigger. That they need to get up and quit being unstable in all their ways. And they need to learn to be firm and persevere and act on your word. And to confess it with their mouth, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would just speak into their lives right now. I pray, Lord God, that right now people will begin to change. And the chains will begin to fall off. And Lord, I pray right now they will be set free right now in Jesus' name. That people will be set free from things of their past. And Lord, that you will bring victory into their lives right now, Lord God. In Jesus' name, I believe it and I believe your word. And I believe we're going to hear testimonies from this. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I pray that this message has spoken into your life. May you have an amazing day today. May the word of God repeat itself over and over in your mind and in your spirit until you get it down and begin to live that life of faith in the fire. God bless you.